What happens in between is all about the awkward middle phase of entrepreneurship. You know, after you've taken your first steps, but before you can live off your passion. Join me, Athena, as I learn from other emerging creators about the tactical and emotional methods they use to keep moving forward after the initial excitement of following your dreams meets the reality of following your dreams. Let's get into it. The Love from Philly Festival, which is actually one of the festival's virtual first virtual festival. But Craig, my manager, actually was part of the team that put that festival together. And that's actually how he discovered me because um, I performed on that one. So, yeah, that that black wall and I, I kept it black, uh, although clearly I'm not using it for as a stage anymore. Um, but to me, it's, it's very symbolic. Uh, oftentimes we also look at black um, not just black people, but the color black is dark and void and all these negative things. But for me, it's not that at all. Um, black has every color in it. So I think yeah. that's beautiful, <laughs> you know, and furthermore, I, I think it's, um, it, again, it's, it's, it's symbolism for me of just reaffirming like this is what I'm going to do. So it's, it's very strong. I think the color black is very strong color. Uh, and that, that's what my living room is. So my living room is all black. I have a lot of uh, art too. I do a lot of painting. So it's almost like a revolving gallery, my living room is, uh, and I have tons of guitars. Um, so they're on the walls too. So yeah, that it was it's, it's symbol, symbolism for me, but just reaffirming what I believe my purpose is, which is just to continue and to create and, and be persistent. Yeah, that's awesome. I yeah. do think that it being matte black is really important because mm-hmm. I think a glossy black would destroy yeah. your brain. <laughs> <laughs> it sure would. I was trying to explain the concept to the guy uh, in the paint department. Shout out to Home Depot, right? Uh, and he was very, very similar to you. He's very knowledgeable about it. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I had never really painted a wall that large uh, on my own uh, because this is an older building, the building that I stay in. So the ceilings are really tall, the walls and the and the window frames also are really long, really tall, really wide. Uh, and this is actually the the widest wall in my apartment. So again, it was very spiritual for me. I had sure. certain songs playing and I, I just went for it. I just went for it. Welcome, listener, to another episode of What Happens In Between. As you know, I like to throw us right in the fire. I love a cold open uh, where you don't get the first half of the story. <laughs> so, Yes. Guys, today, I'm so excited. This is actually the first guest that I have met in person that I didn't already know on the show. Anyways, it's Zeke Burse, who is a Philly-based songwriter, artist, model, hottie, producer, joyous spirit. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll take that. So thank you for being on the show. I'm honored. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Can you give the people just a little bit of background on you? I think we got a nice uh, placement of where you're at spiritually, sure. but, you know, a little bit of that demographic info. Sure. I am African-American. <laughs> uh, I, I currently live in Philadelphia. I'm not originally from Philly. I moved here about nine, 10 years ago, and I moved here solely for music. And since then, I've been, again, pursuing that. I think it's a uh, ongoing pursuit until I'm no longer here or until I transition, if you will. So yeah, I've been in Philly. I originally came here doing Neo Soul music. That's N-E-O Soul music, Neo Soul. And that evolved from that to rock and then to rock and soul. Of course, R&B. I did a lot of jazz growing up as well too. 
so it's like a, a bit of an amalgamation so i often tell my audience or anyone that's inquisitive about you know what type of genre what type of music i just say multi-genre um at this point because it truly is pretty much whatever i feel to express uh as a creative i i express it yeah <laughs> i don't put it in barriers or, or margins mm. Ooh, beautiful transition into the first question <laughs> okay nice <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I'm feeling very meta today. I want everyone to know this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's awesome. So I love what you're saying. Multi-genre. I do believe that we are all multiplicity. You know, Absolutely. we are all filled with it. Mm-hmm. However, uh, as we have evolved with the internet, we know a lot about micro-influencers. We know about uh, a niche. And mm-hmm. I... I want to understand for you specifically okay. how much consideration goes into sort of how do we want to phrase this? How much do you think about marketing when you're mm-hmm. making your music and how do you keep yourself honest with what you're making without necessarily trying to make it for popularity or trying to make it for money? Sure. From my perspective, I don't think about the marketing at all and the creative approach. Uh, I don't. I don't. I feel like that's something that would easily get in the way. And that's just, again, my approach to it. I know others from the door is like, okay, you know, this title, this sound, how can I market this? All these different things. I don't think of it that way. I definitely think on it on the back end of things uh, once I have a finished product. So, yeah, marketing is, definitely comes in later. Uh, in reference to how do I stay honest or remain honest and true? Um, I've learned to trust my first mind. I usually get really, really excited and ideas uh, flow in the inception of an idea. Like the moment it first strikes, I have this saying that I always say, honor inspiration, simply because it is, it can be a little temperamental. You know, uh, sometimes it shows up, sometimes it doesn't. So I think even in the, in the most, abstract locations sometimes i'll get a melody i'll pull up my phone and i'll hum it into it especially if it's like a quiet area it's the most tricky thing ever but i'll just like (laughs) or i'll even use my watch now because there's a voice note a recorder on on the uh, apple watch so i i honor i honor the first initial thought of whatever it is if it's a word or something like that and i write it down that's the way i honor it just to capture it to revisit it later and then throughout the process i give myself time i don't I try not to rush things, although a lot of things have deadlines. I'm working on a few projects currently that have deadlines. Deadlines are a real thing. I, <laughs> right. And the reason I say it that way is because like, I, that's one thing for a creative and I'm sure other creatives have struggled with it. Like deadlines are not, they're not really my friend and that I don't like them. Uh, to me, it feels like a barrier, but I respect them and I abide by them still, you know, because I understand as free and as creative and as much time as I want to take, I'm oftentimes not a lot of the amount of time I wish I had to do something. So oftentimes I'm like, okay, cool. Commit to this thing. So yeah, just staying true for me is just, again, at the beginning, following through with the initial thought, and throughout the process, just going back to that thing to be like, okay, this is, don't lose focus of what you originally set out to do. This is what it is. That's that's my approach to it. Mm-mm. I am experiencing 
so much cosmic serendipity because mm. I, I was just in like a 90 minute heated conversation wow. with folks about that initial thought. And one of the conclusions that I have experienced in what has been, I want to say the most effortful creative project I've, mm. I've done thus far okay. is that I started this, I'm writing a book, everyone. This is my official announcement. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Kill the applause. <laughs> Thank you. Ah. <laughs> so I started writing in September. Mm-hmm. And since then, I have started three completely different books. And while they are unrelated, I could not get to the book that I'm doing today that will be the first book published without those other three. Right. Okay. And I think that a lot of the creative and especially sort of the creativity in entrepreneurship, uh, I think a lot of that process is in that way Mm -hmm. where you build on this initial idea, but then you have to iterate. Yeah. It's, it's it's evolving. It's a breathing entity, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So I would love to know if you also experienced sort of, ah, oh, yeah, this was the initial inspiration uh, and I can see the ties back to it, mm-hmm. but it almost looks uh, completely different in its final form. <laughs> yes. Sometimes <laughs> one word lyrically in mm-hmm. a song will make me change the entire thing. Uh, and that's happened mm. a few times. And it's funny because my manager, again, Craig, his ears are probably burning, but he's allowed me grace in that regard. He's quite the opposite of me when it comes to being, again, I'm I'm pretty like, you know, I don't want to say carefree because carefree almost sounds like careless, but I, I'm not as meticulous on like this time, do it, this time, do it. But his entire day, every day, is like that. Uh, he has a, a notebook that he writes in every meeting that he does. And then he went back over it. He can tell you what he did on a specific day, like two, three years ago uh, at this at this time. Uh, it's, it's, it's very meticulous. So when you get two minds like that working together, it can be a little challenging at times. Uh, but again, he, he affords me grace. So yeah, I, I do. I do struggle with that. But again, I, I love evolution. You know, I understand that being creative and doing art, it evolves, you know, if, if nothing else, it's the evolution of the journey of start to finish, you know, how many different things are going to change there. You have to decide, okay, do you want the snare to sound like this? Uh, if you're painting, do you want to use, you know, this color to accent this thing here? Lyrically, does this complement the intent of the message of the song? All these different things. And you do internally battle with yourself. Uh, sometimes I... <laughs> I like call them my ancestors like, y'all just help me because it's just like, I'm really, really struggling here. But without, without fail again, um, it seems to so like each time I do finish something, I have documented the journey. So I'll look at some of the videos and it's like, wow, I remember it did used to say that or used to sound like that, but I am happy with where it is now. So yeah, it's, it's normal. I think it's a normal process of being a creative. I embrace it. One of the things that I noticed in every thing that I could grasp about you okay. via the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. It's just 
you your essence mm-hmm. like the capital y you mm-hmm. feels very present very apparent in not only your instagram but your music sure. your like interviews you've done mm-hmm. and i really applaud you for that i think it's thank incredibly you. hard <laughs> it is thank you to keep yourself at the forefront of your public self mm. <laughs> And I just want to know how, how have you learned to express that essence? Because I do believe you have translated it, right? It's mm-hmm. not, it's not that you, there is no crafting, but I can tell even through the crafting that there's no, what is that word? There's no falsehood. Sure. What tools and or experiences have helped you just kind of develop that that skill to, to project yourself? Uh, you know, it, I will say it's a daily, daily challenge for me. And, you know, you have Beyonce. I woke up like this, you know, and I love Beyonce, by the way. Okay. But beehive, I, put I, your, I, close your ears. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not, a, it's not even a negative thing. And I'm saying even further to that point, I think it's just really being able to just embrace who you are. And then again, you have to allow yourself grace to understand that you evolve. So yeah, you wake up like this today, but you wait, you may wake up like something else tomorrow and that's okay. You know, I think for me, the biggest struggle with that was having other people, maybe that I worked with in the past, wanting to also put their two cents in on who I should be as a person, not an artist, as a person. And that for me was fraudulent. Uh, And that for me was uh, hurtful to a certain degree because I didn't realize for a while I I had allowed those individuals to impart personality onto me. And I always say like, uh, first I'm Zachariah, right? My first name is Zachariah. after that, then I am Zeke, Zeke Burst. You know, the last name is still the same. So for me, I, I went through this transition where I had lost who Zachariah was. And although it might not be transparent in maybe some of the music or some of the things on Instagram or anything else that you might have seen in interviews, but there was a moment where I was totally lost. I did not know who I was. And it became so rough that I would then rely on those individuals to tell me, you know, what should I look like? What should I wear? What should I sound like? Who, what, you know, and I realized that it, it was, it was ass backwards. Like, how do you turn to someone else to be, to gain what you should do? It, it just, it doesn't make any sense. So I went through, I went through a really, really big transition actually rather recently. There were moments throughout my career. I think that, I think that you're, you're, you're referencing where you do see myself shine through in the end. And I believe that's something that I always want. Uh, and I hope that encourages other artists to do the same. But the biggest transition for me was actually, again, the the pandemic. I released this song called The Room. And that song literally, it's just so many layers, but the room, the, the, the concept of the room is, of course, I was literally isolated to one room. I was sharing a one bedroom apartment with my brother at the time. So I was isolated to that one room, but on top of that, the room is also could be the body. And I realized at the beginning of the pandemic, because 
we all had to face ourselves and or the people that you had to live with because you couldn't see anyone, <laughs> you know, you couldn't interact at all. And for me, that was the most transparent thing because I didn't have anyone else to have input on who I should be or what I should look like or what I should say or who I should date or where I should go or, or be seen. And, and I was like, all right, cool. So what do I like? And it was a very, a very vulnerable experience. I cried a lot. Uh, I meditated a lot. But in the end, just as I say at the end of the song, The Room, I say, I see me finally. And even thinking about it now, it kind of just gives me chills. Uh, I try not to cry because it's such a, hmm. it's really important. It's really important. And I think artists should be allowed that. And oftentimes we aren't. I think human beings as a, as a whole should be allowed the grace to just be yourself and also understand that that changes. And then when you give yourself that grace, then go one step further and allow someone else the same. So yeah, it's, it's been a journey for me. I'm glad that authenticity and transparency and as weird and quirky as I can be, all that comes through, but it comes through authentically. That That's inspiring for me. I will continue. Do you have any, do you ever worry about being misinterpreted? Does it matter? I think it does matter. And I say that, but I also must preface that by saying misinterpretation is not equivalent to looking for approval of others or shouldn't be, I should say. So in that regard, do I fear being misinterpreted? No, I don't, I don't feel being misinterpreted, fear being misinterpreted. I believe my art speaks to those who it's meant to speak to. And I've had songs where I've gotten three different concepts thrown back at me like, oh, you're talking about this. And I was like, is that what it means to you? <laughs> you know, and it's, I think that's the beauty of art. It's almost like the, I forget what the, the image is when you go to uh, a psychiatrist and they, I forgot the, the, um, Worship. yes, yes. And they say, what do you see? I think it's, it's very, very similar in that regard. So no, no, I think I can confidently say I don't fear being misinterpreted, but I do hope that my art resounds or resonates with who it's meant to. I hope, I hope they receive it in some way, shape or form, however they receive it. It's cool. Switching gears a bit. So you have a team mm -hmm. and I mean that both from like the business perspective, as well as your band. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how, how do you communicate your vision? And probably more importantly, how do you trust other people with your, your tender little feelings and your baby? <laughs> <laughs> That's a task. It's a task. Again, I have seven other people in my full band, three background singers, four musicians, four musicians, and then myself singing lead. It's great. It's been a, it's been an amazing journey because we all trust each other. And I think that's super important. And that's on the creative, you know, performance uh, side of things. It took a while to get there. It's evolution. It, it, it only makes sense. Seven different, eight different personalities and counting myself. But we, we've, we've developed a trust. And if there are moments that there's so much so that if there are things that they're like, Zeke, I don't think that's a good idea. I listen, you know, just because my name is on a marquee. At the end of the day, I understand that the show would not be the same without them. Uh, I make it a point to introduce them at every show, first and last name. 
because again, they do, they're artists. They're all artists on their own. So I'm just super grateful to have them. So yeah, I mean, it's it's just, how do I trust them? It's it's taking time, just as the same way as they trust me. It's taking time. We've had disagreements, of course, but again, we've never lost respect for each other. And I think that's super important. Uh, you can be in disagreement with things, but you don't, you don't have to disrespect anyone. Uh, on a professional level, uh, when it comes to my team, we have an intern that we're working with, a couple of interns, I should say, that we're working with. And then I have my manager as well, Craig. And very similar to that too, we've we've had our moments where it's just like, yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't know if I like that and different things like that. But again, respect was always maintained. And whenever we need to, it's like, yeah, I think I need a drink. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or I think I need to just take a moment. And we allow each other that, those, those moments to, again, we're all human, you know. But yeah, and when it comes to trusting other people, so if it's anyone outside of that creatively, like collaborating, if it's a new collaborator, I like to have conversations. I love to have conversations because that tells me a lot about the person, the individual, and it speaks a lot about their energy and their spirit. If we can do it face-to-face, that's awesome. Otherwise, Zoom or just a phone call. And I say this next thing very respectfully. For me, it doesn't matter about anyone's bio, who they are, what they've done, blah, blah, blah. I still want to talk to them. And, and and I believe my manager understands that now we've worked with a few different people of various calibers. Uh, and I always say, okay, cool, great. The, you know, they want me to do a feature here or they want me to, you know, do a photo shoot here or something like that. All right, cool. Can I talk to them? <laughs> you know, let, let me just gauge what it is because you are right. We are creating something. And I do look at it as as you mentioned, the term baby, it's, it, we're, we're bringing something to life and then sharing it with someone else. And I think the energy and the intent behind it must be at least uniformed. At least we understand, okay, cool, we're starting this and this is the end result. This is where we want to go. And I think for me, that's best displayed or understood through a conversation. But that also develops trust and trust in turn respect. And then that's the result. So that's a long way around how I deal with the uh, trusting people with new things or creatively. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Sure. So you mentioned earlier that you are doing music full time. Yes. You have a band, you have a team. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get more insight on when you were able to transition into full time as well as thinking about like growth and how you as a musician slash brand mm-hmm. uh, or your brand has evolved through each phase? Sure. My first job that I got here in Philadelphia, I worked at Sprint and I sold cell phones. I was a sales sales clerk, sales representative. I knew for sure that was not what I wanted to do. Uh, more so probably what I was not called to do <laughs> because I, I, I didn't like it. I do know there are some people that enjoy that type of, of job where you're, you know, like the people person, you're constantly engaged with people, but also being great sales. Some people are great salesmen and saleswomen, like salespeople, like they're phenomenal at it. So I applaud them. That just wasn't anything that I was really, really good at. Um, so that was the first, that was the first job. And at the time, like that was right around the time I first moved here. So I was still doing open mics, still kind of getting my name out there, showing up first at a lot of these open mics, ended up being held last at these open mics, but I stayed. So there was, there was definitely a, a grit and a determination there that I, I believe I still have. So I'm grateful for that. 
So yeah, I started there, ended up working at Best Buy after that, still doing the same thing. And I would have maybe around the time I was at Best Buy, I would have like maybe one show a month, <laughs> maybe one show a month. Uh, this was very scarce. But again, I was I was passionate about it. It's why I'm here in Philadelphia. I'm going to make this work. Uh, fast forward after that, I ended up working at the airport. I worked at the airport for like four years. For The airport was probably one of the lowest paying jobs I've ever had. And it took the most time. So I worked as a mechanic assistant. And I won't say the name of the company. It was cool. I always say it's like a glorified AutoZone clerk. Uh, so I would just get like the different parts for the aircrafts while they worked on them in the hangar. So I spent most of my time in the actual hangar uh, with mechanics. So it was it was different. It was cool. A lot of data entry. But it was a 10-hour shift job. And it took me an hour to get to the airport, an hour back. So I literally would spend half of the day at this job that was the lowest paying job of my life. And that was a wake up call for me. At that time, I had transitioned into actually doing more, more shows. Uh, they were more frequent. And I did a lot of traveling abroad and stuff like that, too. So anyway, I was, I was building catalog, doing a lot of studios and everything like that. And it hit me that my shows, I'm getting paid more to do these shows than I'm getting paid my regular nine to five bi-weekly check. Something here doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, um, the flight benefits were great. They were helpful. Uh, and at the time, the manager I was working with convinced me like, yo, these are great. You need these. Let's use these. And, you know, we'll continue to broaden your audience. And that that did work. Um, but I was miserable there. And, and I would pull myself together after this 12 hour shift, because I would always tell myself, I refuse to work harder for someone else than I do for myself. And the last thing I'm going to do is go to sleep after working 12 hours at the lowest paying job I've ever had in my entire life, or, at, you know, go home and go to sleep. No, I'm going to get up. I'm going to muster up this energy. I'm going to write this song. Even if I fall asleep writing the first line, I'm going to produce, I'm going to mix this thing. I'm going to send these emails. So there was always this determination, again, this grit to see it through the evolution was not easy. I began to tell the manager I was working with at the time, I said, this is probably like a month in. Mind you, I was there for four years. I told her, I do not feel like I'm supposed to be here. And she said, what do you mean? I was like, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be at this job. And she's like, you know, just see it through, see it through. So I put up with a lot of stuff that I, I thought was basically bullshit at the job. And it was very taxing, very, very annoying. And I really think the universe kicked me out of that job. It, it, the The company that I was working for actually ended up relocating. And they were like, uh, you know, Zeke, do you want to come with the company? And I said, absolutely not. This is, <laughs> this is, this is definitely my moment to, to really, really take this on and be serious about it. So I began to do like wedding gigs on the side as well, too. All still centered around music. Took the little savage pay that they gave me. They relocated. And again, I stayed in Philly and doubled down on my dream. And the rest is history. Now I've been doing it full-time, relatively comfortable for three years now. And I'm, I'm really, really, really grateful uh, for the opportunity and just sticking to my guns, as they say. Yeah, that is such a great story. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I hope it helps um, someone. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> a recent guest on the show was talking about how she's building up this platform this sort of dashboard for women of color mm -hmm. and she's talking about how she wants 
uh, 30,000 followers or she wants like the business to blow up. Hmm. But at some point she realistically sat down and said, if, if 30,000 people were to suddenly want my service, I would have no idea what to do. Mm. That's, <laughs> um, that's honesty for you. Yeah. And so while it's perhaps a bit different for music, I do wonder if there was a point where you you were sort of, I want this, I want something bigger, I want a larger platform. And, you know, maybe the universe came in and said, shh, shut up, shush, shush. <laughs> or <laughs> or if you if you did make this big stretch mm-hmm. uh, and then you stumbled it's a great question i think they say the grass is always greener on the other mm-hmm. side i think we all have moments of that so i have to say yes and moments being when you want something bigger and then you get that thing and and then you want something bigger and then you get that and right. then you yeah it's like that um ongoing thing i i've i've experienced it i find myself in that mindset sometimes currently i have moments where i'm like uh i wish i had a bigger budget i really could do this this way or i wish i could uh, you know go add more dates to this tour and travel blah 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 or you know all these different things i've learned to yes to also to answer your question, the universe has set me down a few times and was like, chill, bro. <laughs> Just chill, right? And in a number of ways, like there have been moments where I, I thought I needed a bigger budget, but maybe someone decided to help me out on this front. I was like, oh, I, I guess I didn't. Or, you know, I thought I, I needed something else and I couldn't even handle, like you said, what I had at that at the moment. I can't think of any particular uh, examples of that but I know just based off my history with the universe I, I have definitely been humbled a few times <laughs> in that regard but I think it's beautiful it teaches you to embrace what you have who you are and and to work with what you have and work with who you are and not to be so caught up with the grass on the other side but you know take care of what you got like, take care of the little take care of the little plant you got you might not have a whole bunch of grass so you got a little plant work with that you know yeah so when you do find yourself sort of craving more than you have Mm -hmm. or even potentially lacking appreciation for where you are Mm -hmm. uh what do you do to to bring yourself back immediately start channeling gratitude i have Mm -hmm. this it's it's, without fail i always catch 11 17 every day both times a day which is my birthday november 17th and Eventually, I ended up, for, well, I should say for a while, I was always catching it. And eventually, I ended up having uh, my smartphone and Alexa actually remind me every day at 11, 8, 11 17 a.m. and 11, 17 p.m. And it says, she says, I'm reminding you of life. And I just say the same mantra every time. I'm grateful for life, you know. So I channel gratitude. You know, I, I, I thank myself i thank my body for being mobile you know and still being functional i thank for thank my mind for being functional i thank my limbs and my ability to even you know i thank my little bank account you know, for doing what it's doing you know and it's got to be this far so yeah I, I immediately started just channeling gratitude for what i do have and i do realize oftentimes if not every time that 
yeah, as much as you want this thing or the next thing, what you have most times is enough. That's enough. You know, I think we, we want surplus, but oftentimes we don't have the space for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about buying two couches. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Physically or metaphorically. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God. I can only imagine what millionaire, what problems, what million dollar problems millionaires have. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's, it's something. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you do, just say, I'm grateful for life. It's very, two seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. One last uh, major question here. Oh, wow, okay. So your success your gratitude in the music space has given you a platform and an opportunity to work on other cool projects Mm -hmm. one are there any cool things that you can or want to mention and then two how have you been navigating this sort of new uh newer forms of creative direction Mm. uh well so there there are a few projects i'm working on I have four singles that are in the pipeline that we're wanting to release very soon. I have a project that I received a grant from Black Music City, uh, and they're in partnership with WRTI, uh, Rec Philly, as well as WXPN. The concept behind that one was to have creatives, you had to apply for the grant and you know present art that honored a musician from Philadelphia, black musician from Philadelphia. So my concept that myself and my manager came up with was Soul Sister by Bilal. Uh, So the concept we're calling it is Soul Sister Reimagined. And what we're doing is we've found 31 amazing, powerful black women, i.e. one of them is you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Lord, my pearls. My pearls. No. And it's just to shine a light on on the beauty, the the brilliance, the power, and the strength of women of color, specifically from Philadelphia. So uh, we've pulled together an amazing lineup, radio personalities, TV personalities, authors, lawyers, attorneys, judges, students, and then, of, of course, other creative-minded uh, individuals like musicians, artists, dancers. It's just it's, it's an amalgamation of just, again, different sizes, shapes, colors, shades, rather, of women of color. So we're really excited about it. We're putting together a coffee table book for this. Of course, we're doing a new version of the song. And then there's a music video as well. So that's one thing. Another really, really big partnership thing that I'm really, really excited that I got was actually through LifeWater. We just partnered with LifeWater. So I'm, I'm so stoked about this. They have this project called Life Unseen, U-N-S-E-E-N. And it's literally about representation, affording representation of various artists that don't maybe get the shine. So it's 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 kind of like the story of the artist that is on an upward trajectory right before they get their big break. And this is also in partnership with Issa Rae, which is like, wow. right. Uh, so such a, such a mega fan of her work and her brilliance. So I'm really, really excited that we're a part of this. So we're doing like this really big studio session with this. We're, we're releasing a new record around it called Missing Files. And the concept behind that is just like, you know, we're all, we all have our individual quirks, but 
that's what makes us great. That's the, being yourself. It's similar to what we've been talking about pretty much this entire podcast, but it's a different style of song. But I'm really, really excited about it. I hope it brings people together. And the, the project, the body of work that we're putting out with this partnership is going to be huge. And I believe it's going to be something that uh, takes us to the next level. So I'm really, really excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you heard it here, folks. First, too. First. First. Yes. Life Water's the new beats of water brands. Hey, that's it's real. gonna be in all the music videos. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. It's so true. They're uh, launching it in Philly first. Um, so yeah, they reached out to us and a few other artists to be a part of the launch. So um again, I'm honored and I really am just honored. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cacao. Now it's time for the seedling round where short questions lead to tasty answers. Hmm. When did you or will you feel like you made it? When did I or will I feel like I made it? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is supposed to be a quick question. Quick answer. Oh, no. Oh. It's, a, it's a small question, but oh. your answer can, <laughs> can breathe. That's such a great question. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I feel like there's like so many things that I would love to do. Mm-hmm. That's such a great, I don't know. I don't know. On my first global tour, my first world tour, then maybe. Yeah. 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 Where is the most surprising place that you went on your tour? I say London, although I love, like, again, Paris was phenomenal. Milan was great. Milan was awesome, actually. But I say London only because I love London. I had so much fun there. <laughs> so it's, it's, it was cold and rainy, but it was awesome. So, yeah, I think London, it's just because it's, it's, it's different. It's different for me. Yeah. You've mentioned that music is a family heirloom. Mm-hmm. Please elaborate. Sure. So I don't come from money. So one thing my parents couldn't do was, you know, set us up really nicely financially, but they did everything else, which I think was equivalent, if not worth more. Uh, I often say that music is a family heirloom because that's what they handed us. And that is actually what is paying my bills this day to this day. My dad taught us how to play so many instruments. And my mom is the one that actually taught us how to, vocalize and harmonize neither of them took professional classes neither did i so yeah it was just literally like okay no say this is this is how you sing a third or this is how you sing and we would they didn't really use terms theory terms if you will uh it was just we just developed an ear from them so they passed that down to us and we took it very seriously we began to sing in the family quartet group uh we began to sing a lot in church leading songs they were sticklers on practice and rehearsal And if you don't sing at rehearsal, you're not singing (laughs) during the performance. I don't care if it is your song. Uh, (laughs) Someone else will be singing it. And that happened to me a few times. They taught me humility. But a lot of that is just surrounded around in music. So, yeah, my parents taught us that for sure. So that's that's a family heirloom for sure. Yeah, that's such a beautiful connection because it is literally, I mean, heirloom connotes wealth, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And, woo. Yeah. Good one. That was a good one. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Shout out How to do my you mom measure and dad. Time? Sorry. <laughs> Go Love ahead. Y'all. Please give yes. Shout name out to their full mom, names. Viola Burst and Stephen Burst Senior. I love y'all so 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 much. They know it. I have to go visit them. They're in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love them. I love my whole family. 
Julius, Martha, Stephen, Junior, love all you. How do you measure time? I don't. <laughs> How do you measure time? It is ever fleeting. So it's hard for me to, to catch up sometimes. If I were to say a way that I would look at measuring time, mm-hmm. it'd be through the art that I create. I think it's, it's, it's the only thing. It's, it's kind of like a, a photo. If you take a picture, how it captures a memory. I think my art is that. So moments that I've created different things and I released it, those are moments in time that are stamped. So to me, yeah, through my art is how I, how I capture time. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like I, I don't know the years that something happens, but I know what project I was working yep, on. Yep. It's so weird like that. It's so weird. By the way, what's today? No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Cacao. That ends this evening round. I'd like to wrap these babies up with uh, two gorgeous swaddling blankets. First, what is your greatest ambition? To inspire, I would say. I would add to really, really push the narrative of being human. And again, encourage others to embrace that. Just be your fucking self, please. Like, just be yourself. Let's do it. Yeah, and 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 my my favorite word of all time is this relative. Everything is relative. Every single thing is relative. And I think if you operate in that, it'll teach you how to be empathetic towards others, but also towards yourself, and to embrace change and evolution and be human. Yeah, I love that. That that one spoke to me today. (laughs) Embrace it, honey. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And what is the question of the week? The question of the week. Well, it was, is the delivery company going to leave my $400 monitor on the step? And the answer was yes this morning. But thankfully, I caught it before the rain. So for the rest of the week, I think the question is... uh, is the question of the week well i get more plants this week Mm. i've been walking past the plant store every day on my daily walks and i've been like oh and then like no not today not today so yeah will i get more plants i still have what four days left three yeah so yeah i'm pretty sure i will that's the question (laughs) (laughs) that's the question (laughs) yeah for sure Uh, i love that uh you have been awesome. Oh, thank how, you. How can people connect with you? Sure. Well, thank you. If I can start off by saying thank you so much, Athena. This is awesome. Um, super chill interview. I love it. So yeah, on Instagram, oh, the website is zekeburst.com. That's Z-E-E-K-B as in boy, U-R-S-E as in echo.com, zekeburst.com. Uh, on Instagram, I am zekeburst, spelled the same way, Twitter, all of the different things you can just literally type in Zeke Burst and you will find me probably without a shirt on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true, but, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. So yeah, I, I'm I'm everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you stream your music, YouTube, just type in Zeke Burst. Uh, I would love to get to know y'all. And um I have way more stuff coming up. So I'm excited to also get feedback from y'all and see what y'all think about this new stuff. Mm-hmm. Open invitation to slip slide into his DMs. Yes, that's true. Uh, but come, come with respect. You come correct though. Come correct. Right? You come correct. You don't right. come in here with some disrespect. Right, right. right. <laughs> but yeah, 
It's all good. It's all good. All are welcome. All are welcome. Awesome. And guys, as always, you can connect with me at What Happens in Between on Instagram. And you can sign up for the newsletter for that. Uh, my little sexy neuroscience tips, process uh, pullovers that come out biweekly because uh, I'm trying to be sustainable. <laughs> and you will. And you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As always, I appreciate your ears. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.